It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. Welcome to the Her Show, Home Experience Radio, with your host, Trina Titus Lozano. This is a live call-in show that takes your calls and questions about marriage, family, and personal relationships. She's a licensed and ordained pastoral counselor, author, international conference speaker, wife, mom, and grandmother. She's been counseling and teaching vital relationship skills for over 30 years. Trina is real and relational and reveals strong truths spoken in tough love and common sense. Join us on the studio line now at 817-637-2585. And now, here's Trina. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Her Show, Home Experience Radio. I'm here with you on Joko Community Radio every Monday from 2 to 4. And we are having a good time today already. I have a special guest in the studio, Paula Abbott. Hi, Paula. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome to the studio. We are excited to tell y'all some stories that are going to inspire you. It is way too often that people feel hopeless, like a situation cannot change, especially when we're talking about abuse and addiction. In fact, you even hear people say oftentimes, people don't change. They don't change. And and if we have this feeling about others that they won't change or that we ourselves can't change, that's a problem. We need to hold on to hope. I always have an acronym saying that hope is have only positive expectancies. Amen. You know, not expectations because because if we have an expectation, that that's going to set us up for disappointment. But if we continue to have this expectancy that things can change and that God hears our prayers and that, that tomorrow is a new day, day, there's always hope because things don't have to stay the same. I remember a phrase that my mom and I have said for many, many years, and it is until the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, you won't. But but once there is this place where the pain of staying the same gets to the point that you just have had enough, then you do want to change. And then you seek out something to to change, to help you change. And I just want to encourage our listeners, yes. you're not alone. You're not alone. There are people that are where you'd like to be and who've been where you are. And even though everybody's story is unique and different to a certain extent, there are so many people who have been already through what you're already going through. And Paula Abbott, she has been through so much already. Mm-hmm. And 
in her lifetime. And she is going to just give you um, a taste of of hope today because of her story. She was she's a Texan, y'all. So just just welcome her. She was born and raised in West Texas, and I graduated from Amarillo High School. You go, girl. So you know we we know all about West Texas. But uh, you know what? She's a Texan through and through. She comes from a cattle ranching family in Lubbock, and boy, she understands this Western lifestyle. She serves along with her husband as a co-pastor at Round Pen Cowboy Ministries, which is right outside of Dallas, Texas. She also serves as an evangelist and inspirational speaker. So we're going to be inspired today, y'all. So be inspired as we just continue to prepare to hear her story. But she is a public speaker, and she has just been in the restoration ministry since 2004. She brings a restoring message to help people that have been so hurt. Um, and, And then she just will gently bring them back into the love of God and share her testimony and talk about the goodness of God. Paula will travel out throughout the United States, speaking at conferences, churches, prisons, shelters, rehabs, wherever she's invited, she will go and just share the love of God. And so I invited her into the radio station today to share right here with with our friends and family in Burleson and and all over the state of Texas and everywhere around the world who is joining us today to listen to this show. Uh, But she's just connected with so many people concerning everyday life and the difficult subjects that we face day in and day out. Her story has been even featured on CBN, 700 Club, and um, she even has done a multi-label video series with Paula White Ministries on Life Network for Women. She and I are both on that network, so get that app if you don't have it already, the Life Network for Women app. But she has written three books and she's just so inspiring. Married to an incredible man, a pastor at Cowboy Church and these 10 amazing grandchildren. So we've got a lot in common. We both love Jesus. We love ministry. We love hope. We love redemption. And most of all, we we uh, just appreciate the power of God Amen. to impact a person's life and turn it inside out and completely yes. change the your change your change your story your destiny and your purpose god's got such a plan and uh it's so neat to have you here today paula thank you it's so good to be here girl talk awesome. real close to the microphone cuz right. we want to be able to hear every word that you say so get comfortable you know as we go to the beginning of your story every part is just so relevant Everyone, even if you don't have a history with addiction or or we can't relate to being in the sex industry or we can't relate to being in, in you know some of the things that you have dealt with the, with the abuse that you've gone through over your lifetime, we can all relate to rejection. Amen. We've all been rejected yes. uh, and you you were rejected as an infant. Yes. And that just rocks the core of your identity. I mean, how at this point, as you look back on just the beginning, it must just amaze you to know now that God had a plan even then to use your story to bring other people hope. He does. And it brings to mind that, um, that verse, Jeremiah 1.5. It says, I knew you before you were born, that yeah. when you were still in your mother's womb, he knew you and he set you apart That's to right. be a prophet of the nations. And I'm not saying that we're all going to be prophets, but we're all going to be a light for Jesus. We're all going to, you know, we have a call and we've been set apart. And That's whenever right. I was in my mother's womb, and even though she didn't want me, 
He knew me. He knew everything about me. He knew what I was going to go through. Yeah. And he set me apart. And that's, I think that's why the world didn't work. Yeah. You know, because I tried everything in the world to make me happy, but God had already set me apart for such a time as this. That's right. And I just, I didn't know that back then. But you, you, were, you were his daughter all along. Yes. So your mom, she, she just, she, she carried you to term, but really, she gave you birth, and aside from that, that was it. That was her contribution yes. to yes. your life. Yes. And tell us the story of how what yes. happened. Well, um, back in 1961, way back <laughs> in the 1900s. Uh, 1961. I was born in 65, girl. You go, girl. Yeah, yeah. So um, back in Amarillo, Texas, uh-huh. that's where I was born. My mom, and, and I have just learned this here in the last three years, wow. by her sister, she found me and explained the whole story about my mom. Wow. My mom uh, got pregnant, and uh, she didn't know the father. And so she was embarrassed. And back then, it was something that you really, you know, you it was hard to have a child out of wedlock. It was hard to have a child with somebody that you didn't know sure. because um, people just didn't allow it like they do today. And um, but she did carry me to term, and I'm very thankful for that. She didn't choose to get rid of me, and I'm yeah. so thankful. And um, she took a friend of hers into the hospital with her when she was ready to give birth, and she signed in under her friend's name. Wow. I don't think you can do that today. I don't, I don't even know yeah. if her friend knew that that happened. I think they had a plan. I they think had they a had a plan. Oh, my goodness. And um, her friend wanted a baby. She thought she did. And so she, was, she went in the hospital with her. My mom gave birth to me. And I'm just saying... That if she would have known how awesome I turned out to be, she probably would have never given me up. I, I think saying. so. That's right. If she knew you now, she'd want to say, that's my girl. I'm telling you, you know, the thing is, and my aunt tells me, my biological aunt tells me, your mom would be so proud of what you've done. Oh, I'm you know, sure. And, um, and I, I'm not sure how to feel because I have a lot of feelings, you know, when it comes to yes. that. But she, uh, she gave birth to me. She handed me over to her friend. And her friend walked out with me and not even adopting me. She just took me. And so as if if you were hers, as if I was hers. Yeah. And so six months went by and she actually was married to a man in Lubbock. And uh, she put me in the baby bed while he was at work. She put me down for a nap. She got her suitcase. She shut the door and she walked away and abandoned me in that house. He found me later that evening. By myself, and he knew that I was not his. He couldn't take care of me, and I believe that he ended up getting killed just a couple of days after that. So I am given to his brother and wife, and they adopted me when I was eight months old. Wow, what a story! I mean, just from birth to eight months old, there was already so much abandonment. It was kind of like a like a puppy, you know. Yeah, yeah. When you, well, hey, I have a puppy here. Would you like her? You yeah. know, oh, this puppy's been abandoned over here. Would you like this puppy? And you know, you kind of feel like that. You feel like, well, I'm not worthy. Something's not right. What did I do wrong? Yes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And so at eight months old, I was adopted by a family. And most people would think that was awesome. You know, yes. so and, my, and I'm sure that that the time, at least one of the parents, probably most likely the mother yes. was 
probably struggling with infertility herself yes. and thought that having a baby would fill this void and maybe she just wanted more than anything in the world to have a daughter. My adopted mom was amazing. Wow. Um, it's uh, My father was very, I mean, my family was very, very wealthy. Uh, they owned everything in Lubbock, Texas. My father um, thought money ruled the world. Um, he was an atheist. But my mom was a secret follower of Christ. She was so secret that nobody knew because my father was very abusive. My father was physically abusive, mentally, emotionally, but most of all, his words, verbally. He was mean. If anybody has ever had verbal abuse, the scars last for a lifetime. Wow. When you've been told that you are not worthy, that you are not good enough, and the harder you try, the more mistakes you make, you know, and you're just, you're never good. You're never going to be amount to anything, you know, and I heard that my whole life by this man. That is so tragic. That must have just broken your mother's heart. It did, but she wasn't allowed to say anything. No, no. uh, Because he was so abusive to her as well. He was so mean. Yes. He was so Um, mean. It was... um, I remember one night I was seven years old and uh, I was seven. I was seven. Oh, I think about my grandchildren. That's such a precious seven years old. I was seven years old and I wanted the love of my dad. And we were raised on a cattle ranching. You know, my dad was a cattle buyer. We had cattle and horses. And, you know, I was I was the one that I, I seeked attention. I wanted attention so bad. And let me just say something. Rejection will cause you to seek attention in the wrong places. Yes. Because yes. you just want to fill the void. Yeah. You want to fill the pain inside. Yes. And at the, um, like from, oh my gosh, since I was able to walk until about seven, you know, I was always out in the barn. I had my own horse, you know, and I would talk to my horse. And I don't know if you know this, but horses do listen. Oh, They listen. And I would sleep with my horse. I would, anything that I could do is just to be with him. And I wanted my dad's attention so bad. And uh, I never got it. And I was making milkshakes. I'll remember this for the rest of my life. And my dad wanted a different flavor. And I didn't want to clean everything up and make a whole nother different flavor. And I just kind of sighed. And I said, oh, daddy, I don't want to do that. He beat me so bad. My goodness. Um, I had blood running down my legs. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. My mom... She was beside herself. She didn't know what to do. The very next day, I tried to take my life. Oh, my goodness. As a seven-year-old, that was your first suicide attempt. My first as a seven-year-old. Yes, I was seven years old. I just thought I was no good to nobody. Nobody wants me. Nobody loves me. And so I drank a whole bottle of fingernail polish remover. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you didn't die. A whole bottle of Mm -hmm. nail polish remover. My mom took me with acetone in it. Yes. And I remember my mom took me to the hospital. I mean, surely that is just poison. It is. But God had another plan. Yes. And I went in and I told my mom what I had done because I was scared. And I had a note and it said, I just want my daddy to love me. Oh, my She handed it to my dad. He wadded it up. He threw away and he goes, do what you got to do, even if you have to bring her back. Oh, my goodness. And so my mom took me to the hospital, and I remember them sticking tubes down my throat. I remember having charcoal everywhere. I mean, I was throwing it up everywhere. It was all in my hair. It was in my ears, in my eyes. It was all over me. And when they finally got me stable and got me okay, they sent me home with my mom. And I remember her putting me in this. She had a Cadillac with the the long bench seat in the front. And 
she smokes cigarettes a lot. But anyway, um, it just, she laid me in the front seat and she... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Just picked the charcoal out of my hair, and she just cried because she didn't know what to do. Oh, my goodness. And she was like, please let her live. And I don't know, I didn't know who she was talking to because we weren't allowed to talk about Jesus in the house. My dad would be wow. very upset. And but So you heard her praying, but you didn't even know. I had no idea what she to. was doing. Wow. Can so you, you weren't, I can't imagine. So you didn't even know, like you weren't even taught to pray. No, at we all. weren't allowed to talk about it. And when we got back home, my mom gave me a Bible that I still have today. Mm. And she said, Keep this. You're going to need it, but hide it because your dad can't see it. Wow. So I hid it under my underwear because, of oh. course, my dad's not going to go in my underwear drawer. Sure, sure. So I hid it under my underwear, and I would draw in it, and I would write my name in it, but I didn't know what it was. No, I no. I had not a clue what it was. And here you are, a, a pastor and an evangelist. I am today. And boy, God knew that that he really did. was going to be, you know, the spirit of God that dwells in the word of God in the, in the Holy Bible. It's just the presence of having that Bible in your room at that point made a difference, made an impact that you would have no idea until many, many years later. And you later. know what is so awesome is I go and I look in that Bible now. Yeah. And in John three sixteen, it was underlined by a little girl's hand. Aww. I didn't even know why. I didn't even really know how to read it. I didn't know what it meant. But for some wow. reason, I went there, and it's underlined. That one very pen. special, special, special verse. And I'm like, wow. You know, I look back now, and I thought, oh, Lord. For our listeners' sake, <laughs> tell them what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that it gave his only son, if we would just believe in him that we would be saved. I mean, it just, it's... And have eternal life forever yes. and always. Yes. I mean, that is that is really the foundation of the gospel. So, he sent his son for me. Yeah, yeah. His, yes. only, his only one. Yes. And it, that is the gospel. Okay, so as we continue uh, just going, working our way through your life story a little bit, uh, you had this deep void in your heart and in your life. Yes. So you began looking for acceptance. I did. Looking for comfort, uh, looking for peace, looking for joy in your life. And so you began a search. I did. I, I, the abuse and the pain and the hurt just continued. Sure. It continued in my life. It continued in my mom's life. Um, our household was so dysfunctional. I mean, yeah. it was so bad. And at the age of 16, I just became rebellious. You know, I was like a teenager. I didn't care. I, I mean, my, it was going to be what my dad said I was going to be worthless. And yeah. I was going into the nightclubs looking for acceptance, looking for companionship. And yeah. at that time in uh, history, we were able to go into the nightclubs at the age of 16. Yeah. That was the legal age to go into the nightclub. Uh, amazing, isn't it? And even now, uh, there's, even though they card people and things like that, it's interesting because here in the DFW area, 
the clubs that are like the, the underage clubs, those are the nude clubs. It's so weird. But 16-year-olds are, are able to get in. Yes, it's so yes. easy for them to get in. It's and so easy. I got in, and there was a guy there that was 19 years old. Wow. I was 16. He was 19. And I was like smitten. Yeah, I <laughs> you know? bet. And he said everything that I've always wanted to hear. He knew what to say. He was grooming me. I did not know it at the time, but he was grooming me, and he asked me out on a date. And so I went out on a date with him, and I thought I was just so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going out with a 19-year-old, and you know, oh, yeah. he's got his license. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, he's like, you know, like an adult and everything. It's so cool. I was raped by this guy. I was raped. He raped me. He took advantage of me. He took my virginity. He took everything away from me. You were a target. I was a target. You were a target. And rejection and looking for the world to fill your void. Yeah. You can become a target because you're not aware of your surroundings. You're not aware of the things that are going on and you will fall for anything. So easy to do. It's a trap. Yes. It's truly a trap. Yes. So, so, so sad. Yes. I ended up getting um, pregnant from this rape. And my mom didn't know what to do now. You know, I got kicked out of school because back then you couldn't go to school if you were pregnant. Because yeah. how, sh- how dare you? How, you know, you're ashamed to the rest of the girls. Sure. No matter, I wasn't, I was threatened by him that if I said anything that he would kill my, my mom and he would kill me. Oh my goodness. And so I couldn't say anything. So, you know, I was just labeled the harlot, you know, the bad girl. And, wow. um, and so I got kicked out of school and my mom didn't have any idea how to raise me. She had separated from my dad and they were getting a divorce. Okay. And so what she did is she signed me over to my abuser thinking that he was going to take care of me. Oh my goodness. So she was thinking that you guys were going to get married and, and I couldn't say anything. And wow. I, and he said, I will kill your mom. So she had you. no idea that he raped you. No. She just thought that this was your boyfriend and you guys were going to have a child together. So she gave him permission to be your husband. Your my husband guardian. Yes. Your guardian. It was like I was still a child and he was an adult and now he owns me. Wow. And every day was a day of abuse. Every day. This man was way more abusive than my father ever thought about being. Wow. And I just want to say to the women that are with somebody that hurts them and that takes sex without your permission, it is rape. It is rape every single time. And if they hold you... Even if you're married. A lot of people don't think that that is a thing, but it is absolutely a thing. I have a very good relationship with... A, with several safe houses here in the DFW area. If you are in a situation like that, please send me a message yes, or please. give me a call. I would be happy or send Paula Abbott a message. We would we will help you get to safety. Yes, exactly. Yes. So speak and up. We can't help you if you don't say anything. But so often the people are so afraid to tell the truth. Yes. And it's not your fault. No. It is not your fault. You are a victim. I always thought that it was my fault. I always thought it was something that I said. I always thought that I caused this and I deserved this. Yeah. And uh, it was like he would put X's on the calendar and that would be the day that I would have to bow down to him and 
do things that I didn't want to do. And he would actually choke me and till I passed out. And then he would take what he wanted. And this went on for three years. Oh, my goodness. So you had the baby. I did. I had a little girl and I tried so hard to be a good mom. I was mm. 17 years old. Yeah. I didn't. I, I struggled with life. I didn't know how to be a mom. Yeah. And he had uh, pulled guns on us and he had shot at us and he had my beat goodness. us. And I finally I said, you know, to save her life and to save my life, I gave her up for an adoption. And that is I, I hate that. I love this this child. She is amazing. Oh my gosh, she is she's so beautiful right now. Well, she is you know, beautiful. you you saved her life. I did. You saved her life, and that was the best thing you could do to save her life at that point. And so, you know, what that that is such a gracious, kind, and sacrificial thing for you to do for her to place her. Uh, in a home that that she would be safe. Well, I had cousins in California that couldn't have children, and I knew that she would be safe there. And uh, so they adopted her, and that way I knew that she was still in my family. Uh-huh. It was on my mom's side of the family, and I knew that she was still in my family, and I would always know where she was, and I would always know that one day I could see her again. And do you see her anytime now? Well, she's in California. I talk to her all the time. We get to, we're Facebook, you know, all the time. She texts me. She's beautiful. I mean, she is absolutely gorgeous. And I just, I love the woman that she's turned out to be. She's very strong, very independent. She's got a beautiful husband. I mean, it's just, and I know she is so grateful that you saved her life. Yes. So grateful. Yes. That you saved her life and that you sacrificed in order to do that. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. That's, that's really, truly amazing. So I just, I, you know, all is well that ends well. Yes. And in that situation, the, the grief that you had to go through to let her go and the pain of, of not being in her life for, for, as she was being raised. But then now, as an adult, you get to, you get to experience a relationship with her. her. Yes. And you know what she's like, and you're proud of her. I am so proud of her, and who she's become, and her husband is awesome. And I know that God had a plan before she yeah. was ever born. God knew where she was going to go. He had already had set her plan yeah. you know, for her life. We were talking about your T-shirt. Yes. And uh, yeah, so speaking of Ephesians 2.10, it says, after God made me, he said, ta-da. <laughs> Don't and you love this? I, I love it. So explain to our listeners what Ephesians 2.10 says. Okay, so I struggled with confidence in myself for so long. Yeah. And uh, I would, uh, anytime that I felt down or felt beaten up by the world, I would go and I would read Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2 because it tells us who we are in Christ. It tells yeah. us that we have been sealed with a promise, that we have been held, that we are his children. And then when you get to Ephesians 2.10 in the New Living Translation, it says that when he created us, he created a masterpiece. Yes. And I always thought, I said, okay, so when the master creates this beautiful artwork and he's done with his piece, his art, his masterpiece, he stands back and what does he say? Ta-da. Ta-da! <laughs> there it is. And there you know, it is. That is me, and that is you. And I want you to know that God has created a masterpiece when He created you, and He is so proud of you. That's and right. You're beautiful. You're you're a masterpiece is a one of a kind. It's one not, of a kind. It's not a copy. It's an original. An original. Yes. And we all are originals. Love, significance, and security. These are the three core needs that each of us has. And, that, and when God created us, he created us to all know 
that we are loved and we are significant and we are secure. And part of that is because we are unique, because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, if we can just have a revelation and an understanding of our own value, that will help us recover from any trauma that life brings us. So I want to encourage my listeners today that just know that God loves you. Yes. He loves you that he gave his only begotten son to die for you so that you could be redeemed from whatever life brings you. Yes. And and you are so loved and you're significant. You are important. You are one of a kind. You are a masterpiece. And you can be secure in knowing that as you believe in him and as you understand that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High King, your creator loves you. He knows you. He's got a plan for your life. You can be secure in that. Stick with me and we will talk more to Paula after the break. Thank you so much for joining me today on Joko Community Radio. I'm Trina and I'll be right back. Let's be honest. Wheelchairs are heavy, bulky, and ugly. If you carry a wheelchair in your car to take care of a loved one, you know how hard it is getting that clunky, old-style wheelchair in and out of your car. Introducing the Feather Chair Wheelchair. At 13 pounds, it's the world's lightest wheelchair. It folds in seconds and fits neatly in your trunk, backseat, or closet, so you can take it everywhere. And it's only available right here. Order yours today and get a free wheelchair case, a $50 value, yours free. The Feather Chair. The world's lightest wheelchair is just $4.99 with easy payments as low as $16 a month. Sorry, no Medicare or insurance accepted. So call right now to order yours. 800-823-5826. 800-823-5826. 800-823-5826. That's 800-823-5826. When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson in Cleburne, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm, it sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day, or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson. 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web, sharpwindowtint.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Welcome back to The Her Show. I'm Trina, and I'm here with my friend Paula Abbott today. Please go to her website, PaulaAbbottMinistries.com. And you can, you can get one of her books, and she's got three books that have details of her story that we won't be able to even tell today. We're just kind of scratching the surface to, to whet your appetite to go read her books. You can get them from her website, PaulaAbbottMinistries.com. And she is an incredible woman of God, and God has done such a work in her life. But I'm talking, it has been a rough road of trauma from day one, and uh, God has restored and redeemed her life. And so we're just going to keep talking. I want to go into the piece about the addiction because so many listeners need hope that, uh, that their loved ones who might be struggling with addiction would not be, would not be in that situation for their lifetime. Tell me about your story. When did addiction begin in your life? Well, um, after I had given my daughter up for an adoption and I began to run, I had two more children by my earlier twenties. And I thought that having children, I can make my own family and that they would have to love me and make me happy. Right. And that doesn't work. I mean, Mm -mm. that's not how you do it. And I was just a broken person. I was so broken. And I I actually walked away from my two precious little boys. Mm. I, I walked away from them in search for something. I was looking for anything that yeah. was going to take the pain away that was inside of me mm-hmm. because normally addiction starts with having pain inside. That's right. And let me just say this. It's okay to say, I need help. Yes. And a lot of times we don't do that. Right. We just carry the pain, we hide it, and we just try to find something to fix it, to numb it. To numb it, that's right. And uh, so I took off running, and I left Texas, and I thought that if I left the state that I was raised and born in, that uh, nobody would know who I was, that maybe I would have a new identity, mm-hmm. um, that I would everything would be great, and I could just start over. And I was so wrong, yeah. because the pain just follows you wherever you go. Yeah, that's it right. It does. I mean, that's you right. take you with you. Yes. And... Um, I went to Kansas City and I I went to the nightclubs looking again for, you know, friends and people and and, love and acceptance. I was looking for anything and I was asked to come to a party and uh, I thought I can go to a party. This is great. You know, after the bars closed, you know, sure. And it was a methamphetamine party. So that was the beginning. That was the beginning. And And how old were you at that point? Oh, my gosh. I was in my like my late 20s, probably around 25, around somewhere around there. And um, they told me if I tried the drug that it could just change my life, everything would be great. Wow. And yes, it did. It changed my life, but not everything was great. Oh, wow. What a lie. And um, I did the drug for the first time and it numbed reality. Sure. It made me happy. Wow. And I thought, oh, this is great. You know, I was like, I didn't feel the pain anymore and mm. I didn't feel the rejection anymore. And honestly, I thought everybody liked me. Everything was great. I felt 10 foot tall and bullet, bulletproof. You know, it just, it completely distorts everything. Wow. And uh, the next morning, the drug started wearing off. I and had to have it again. You needed more. I needed more. 
And that that was the beginning of was is that a thirteen year thirteen year addiction. a thirteen year addiction, and that just that just robbed you of the best years of your life. Yes, where you could have been raising your children, you could have been building a career. I mean, anything yes. you could do so much in those in your twenties and thirties. You know, just yes. the, those the best years of your life, and it robbed you. Where no matter what you could have been doing, the only thing that mattered. Is is getting the drug. Yes. Well, it's first started out that I could still keep my job. I was maintaining. So I thought um, everything was okay. I wasn't doing that much. Okay. And it doesn't matter how much. It's still too much. Sure. Because it's, it's a trap. And so I was doing enough just to, to have friends, to go party, to stay up at night and do this. And, do, and then I was holding down a job. But finally, things started happening. <clears throat> and I, um, I started making mistakes. I couldn't think correctly. I was having withdrawals, needed to have another hit, needed to do this. And so I ended up losing my job. Mm. I ended up losing my children. Mm. I lost my home. Wow. And then I became homeless. Wow. <clears throat> On the streets of Kansas City with a black trash bag with everything I owned, including that Bible. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know why I kept that Bible with me this whole time, but my mama told me to keep it with me and to hide it. And so I did. You always kept it with you. I put wow. it in that black trash bag underneath my underwear. I had a few underwear, I had socks and a few change of clothes, and that's all I had. I had nothing else. I lived in crack houses. I lived on the street. Wow. I, I, needed, I, needed, I needed my drugs. I, I got so addicted that I entered into the sex industry because, you see, that's all I had left was my body. Yeah. And I knew that if I could sell my body, I could get my drugs. And right then, that, that's all that mattered to me because the pain would come back if I didn't have them. Sure. And I didn't want to deal with the pain for 13 years. Wow. And, and at this point, did you had your Bible. Did you have any, any understanding of praying? Did you ever cry out to God? Did you ever have... I mean, I, I'm just thinking about, did anybody ever reach out to you and say, can I pray for you? Can I help you? Can I bring you to a rehab? Like, did you have anybody ever try to give you that type of a help to maybe rescue you when you were at your worst? Um, there was one lady in my life. Uh, they were, were friends, uh, our family and their family. And her name is Candy. And when I was uh, about seven and a half after I tried to commit suicide, she said, can I pray for you? And I said, I guess I don't know what it is, but sure. And wow. she prayed over me, but that's all that I knew. I didn't know anything else. I had never heard about Jesus, really hadn't even, you know, my dad always told me that, you know, that you don't go to church because those people are weird. They're really strange. And, you know, and I, and I never really ever wanted to go to church because my dad, he always told me they always want your money. They're going to suck your brains out. Wow. And I was worried about getting my brain sucked right, out. Right, right. For yeah. real. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I don't wow. know what they get. Well, you, you just didn't want to be 
brainwashed. I didn't want to be brainwashed. By I didn't weird be one of these that weird wanted people your money. that yeah. wanted my money. And then they were going to put me on a bicycle and make me ride around, you know, because I didn't want to be on a bicycle oh, riding that's around. That's so funny. And then they, How distorted. Yeah. What a distorted view yes, of and, even Christianity. And that's I was so always bizarre. afraid that we'd have to go to Africa, maybe, and, and wow. do a mission and build things and live in huts. And I thought that's what Christianity was. That's wow. all I thought it was. You just had no... That it would no idea. make you weird and you would have to do weird things. Wow, that is so amazing. So so when did that ever change, that concept? When did that concept change? I mean, you've been a pastor now for how many years? 25. For 25 years. So I know I'm skipping a lot and sort of fast forwarding, but but we can go back and forth a little bit. When, when did you first learn about Jesus or first have someone pray for you? I mean, how old were you when that happened? What happened to yeah. get you from there to here? Well, I was 36 when that happened, but wow. during that 13-year period, I tried to commit suicide two more times. I ended up in a mental hospital on one of them, and um, I went back to Texas, and I was going to try to get better all by myself. Yeah. You just know, stop that, it. Just yeah, not that, do yeah, that I'm just anymore. not going to do it anymore. And self-will. <laughs> <laughs> Your willpower is not, not going to get yeah, you there, right? It's, it's not very good. As soon as, I mean, as soon as I got back to Texas, I started looking and, and I just jumped right back into that pit because that was the only place I was familiar. Became your comfort zone. It did, yeah. you know. And so I got, you know, I was still back in the drugs. I was still there and just found it in a different place. Yeah. And I was driving to meet my drug dealer on the side of the road. I seen a, a sign that said Cowboy Church. Okay. Okay. So cowboys, I was all down about the cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys are cute. <laughs> cowboys and, are, are fun. And that know, was your comfort zone. You grew that, up on a ranch. Yes. You know, and that was my comfort zone. And I love how God will use whatever yeah. makes you makes you comfortable. Something familiar. To reach you. And yes. so, yes, I was already high. I had already been using my drug. I was already drinking. And to be in the industry that I was, I mean, I... I didn't wear the correct clothes for church. <laughs> for church, <laughs> and uh, so I was parked out in the parking lot, and I seen this really cute cowboy walk in, and I thought I need to go meet him, and I need to bring him out, and we could go to the bar tonight because it was Saturday night. Wow! Okay. And so um, I did walk into that church, and the greatest thing about it is I wasn't judged. Wow. And there were 500 people in that place that night. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, not a traditional church. It probably was no. a little rustic and not was, traditional looking. Yes, yes. And I was very comfortable with that part. But I wasn't comfortable about them taking me into the room and sucking my brains out. And I was so looking around thinking that that had to be somewhere. Okay. And uh, I did go in looking for a cowboy. And I did find the best man of my life. And his name is Jesus Christ. Wow. I had, there was an evangelist there that night, Glenn Smith. I'll never forget it. Wow. And he was telling me all about the things I was going through, the broken things, the things that, that, you know, I mean, it was like he was reading everything that I had been through. Wow. Like somebody had called him and said, hey, she's there. She's really bad. You need to get her. You know, I mean, just it was, you know, I just kept sinking down in my seat. Did he, did he single you out or he was just <clears throat> preaching to, to everyone? He was just preaching to everybody. But, but it you was felt exactly. Like he was, you felt like he was preaching just to you. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, how does, what, how, what in the world? And, you know, and he was like, wow. all you have to do is come down to the altar. And all you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And, and he will. And I wanted to so bad. Yeah. I did. 
I didn't want to go to Africa though. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to do the bicycle thing. I didn't. I didn't want to be a weird person. So I struggled so bad. I didn't go down to the altar. But what happened is I got a seed planted in my heart. Yes. About Jesus. Yeah. The man that died for me. And so two months went by and I struggled so bad. I had this thing called conviction. Have you ever felt that before? You know what? It's a real thing. So all of a sudden, (laughs) you weren't comfortable with your lifestyle at all. That's what conviction does. It's that inner voice that tells you, you need to you need to do better. You God wants you. You need to reach back out to God. Like he's it's the scripture says that Jesus is knocking on the door. Yes. And that if if he's knocking on the door of your heart, it that's the conviction. It's just like it's almost like this constant knocking and you you begin to feel this pull to open the door. And well, it's like I didn't know where he was. I didn't know if he was like watching me. And so my party wasn't as much fun, you yeah. know, and I struggled. And it was like my spirit was pulling at me and yeah. my soul was pulling at me and I was struggling so bad. And so I just I just overdid it in one of my parties and I had OD'd really bad. Wow. So here you were death knocking at your door again. Yeah. I was I had OD'd way way bad and of course when you do that the party ends, the people leave and That's right. you know they don't want to be around you. And no. so I laid there in that bed and I thought about calling 911 again, but I knew what they were going to do. And instead, I just screamed out the name of Jesus and I said, "I don't know where you are. I don't know if you can hear me." I said, but I need you. I need you so bad. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I said, just, just do what you got to do. Can you make this stop? Wow. And at that moment, I felt a peace that I've never felt before. I felt like for the first time in my life, I was truly loved by a father. Wow. That is powerful. Right there in this bed after an accidental overdose. Yeah. A meth overdose. Yes. Wow. And the yeah. seed had been planted, so you knew to just cry out to Jesus. And let me tell you something. If you are telling somebody about Jesus and you don't think you're getting anywhere, you are. Plant that seed. You may not see it right away. Yeah. But the seed is in there. That's right. That's right. And I, um, I received him that night. I woke up the next morning and I was like, Alive, mm-hmm. which was a miracle. A miracle. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, what do I do now? I didn't know what to do. Wow. I had no idea what to do. I, um, it was, it was a, a Sunday morning when I woke up. And- Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I thought, okay, well, I have to go to a traditional church. You know, I have to go do the church thing now. I received him in my heart, and I'm supposed to be one of those church people. So I went to a 
a church, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't do that, um, but I was asked to leave. You're kidding me. Because of the way you were dressed? Because the way I was dressed, the way I looked. Okay. And um, they didn't think I should be in their church that morning. Wow. And so I just left and I said, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to you, but I hope you can hear me. I said, I need help. Yeah. I need to know about you. And um, the man that I'm... at that point, you don't know where to go or what to do. Yeah. No, because Cowboy Church was just Saturday nights, you know, I mean, so I I couldn't get back there. Yeah. Yeah, So I had to wait a whole nother week. (laughs) And um, so I, um, I, the man that I'm married to today, it'll be 23 years this, this year. That's so cool. Um, He had been a Christian since he's nine. Wow. And uh, he was always my friend. He would always come and fix all of my broken windows and my broken doors. Wow. So you had known him. I had known him for a long time. And so uh, he had recently gone through a divorce and he was struggling himself. And, you know, and I called him up and I said, hey, I just did this thing. You know, we say that so nonchalantly. I just did this thing, you know, like change the color of your hair or something. I just did this thing. Hey, I just received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I don't know what to do. Wow. I said, can you help me? And he goes, I'll be right over. Wow. That's amazing. He walked in and he brought a children's storybook Bible with the stories in it. So that is easy to read. That was, you could understand that. And that was the beginning. He started from the beginning because he knew I had never heard anything about Christ. You didn't know Bible stories. Mm -hmm. You had no idea. So he started reading creation. Wow. Now, was he already involved in a cowboy church? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. No, he had backslidden at this time. He was in a backslidden state. Oh, okay. So God was doing this to wow, bring so him Wow, so God back was even out. using you to bring him back to exactly. Jesus. Exactly. Yes. So that restored his hope. Yes. And him being able to help you back. He was yes. probably so discouraged after his divorce. Yes. Wow, He was that's so amazing. broken. And, you know, and so he just started like, Every day we'd go through a story and I would get so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can relate to this person. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Moses was rejected. Did you know Moses? And I was just like, yeah. I was like a child in a candy store with all of these amazing stories about God and, you know, and, and Jacob and Moses and Adam and Isaac. I was just like so engulfed into it and, you know, just going through one story after another. That's amazing. And then he was excited because of what was going on. And I was bringing him out of where he had been. That is amazing. That is amazing. So the next Saturday, did y'all go to Cowboy Church together? We did. And uh, we started going. And to to make a great story even greater, the pastor of that Cowboy Church knew my father very, very well. He was in the oh cattle business goodness. with him. And he was like, I cannot believe you're even here. Wow. He probably knew how mean your dad was. Too. Yes, he did. And he says, I can't believe you're in this place. Wow. And he says, I am so excited for you to be here. I'm so excited for what you had done. And so it was on March the, March 7th, 1997. Um, I had gone under the water. I got baptized. I dedicated my life to Jesus 100%. And I have not touched alcohol or drugs since then. So next Monday, I am 25 years clean. Woo! 
<laughs> Isn't that amazing? That just gives me chills. That is so amazing because no rehab could ever do no. that for you. No, no. And no, and no person twisting your arm could do that for you. And no amount of willpower could get you to do that for yourself. But mm. in your desperation to just cry out to Jesus and then to find a place of belonging of where they could just accept you like you were and say, come as you are. Yes. You know, that's the way every church is supposed to be. But yes. Jesus, Jesus really spent a lot of time in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we can read a lot of stories about this. And the New Testament, for the listener's sake, is the second uh, half of the Bible, the last portion of the Bible. And it tells stories about when Jesus was on earth. And he he talks a lot about the difference between religion and the Pharisees and this religious spirit versus having a personal relationship with God. And it was so interesting to see how much even he, even Jesus was rejected from religion. Yes. And it was that religion that rejected you. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't God. And uh, any churches that embrace uh, a true relationship with Jesus and, and, and not encouraging this religion. And it's the religion that's the weird part. That's the part that your dad was talking about where yes. there's so much hypocrisy. Yes. There's so much there's so many bizarre things that are that are expected to live this religious lifestyle and that has nothing to do with a genuine relationship with God and with Jesus. So, you know, that is what you were feeling and that was the the real marked difference between that first church that you attempted to to attend right. and then what you experienced in this cowboy church. Well, you know what's the greatest thing is I didn't have to break a religion. Right. I didn't have to break any doctrines, no religion. You I were just, starting from scratch. I fell in love with Jesus. Yes. And if the Bible said I could do it, I was like, I'm going to do it. Absolutely. If, if he said I could walk on water, I'm going to jump on water. I'm just, you know, I loved him so much. He yes. saved my life. He, he, he was, I am a miracle. You know, oh, because goodness. I should be dead Absolutely. so many times. I should yeah. be dead. And um, I guess he really, really wanted me alive because he had plans for me. And I, every, th- every attempt on my life never, never went through. And I'm just like, you know, I just fell in. I dance with him. Yeah. I mean, it's like I don't do religion. I don't. If I, if I want to just stand on the chair and praise him in front of a million people, yes. I'm going to do it. I have the freedom to just love him and love him intensely. And you're so grateful because he saved your life. Yes. Over and over and over again. Yes. He saved your life. Even when I didn't know him, he was saving my life. Absolutely. That is amazing. Because he knew me. So hindsight's twenty twenty. Now, as you look back on your entire life, what, like, what just runs through your head? Wow. You know, wow. There are times to where, um, you know, I had to really fight depression. I had to really fight uh, not being good enough. I had yeah. to really fight that for a long time, even after I knew Jesus. And there was a time where I remember I was in a parking lot, and um, I couldn't forgive myself. I struggled with that uh, because, you know, I did the drugs. I left my kids and, yeah. you know, I did bad things, you know, to people. I was mean. I was sure. not a nice person. Well, you were all. raised to be mean. That was yes. your example. Yeah, like, my dad, like your dad was very mean. He used to lock people in his trunk, but that's a whole nother two hours. Well, so. but that's the whole point Ooh. is you, this is a learned behavior. Yes. And if it worked for him and he was still wealthy and successful, you know, yes. and it seemed like he didn't even have consequences for how mean he was, no. then this is just an example that 
that you see. It and is, it seemed like he yeah. was getting away with it. Well, I was, yes. And I was in a parking lot and I just struggled and struggled. And God just, I, I mean, I just felt his presence. I heard it in my spirit. And I'm not like he talked to me audible. I mean, that would be cool. I, I yeah, that would be that, cool. That would be so cool. But I felt it in my spirit. And I just felt him telling me to drive forward by looking in my rear view mirror. Mm. And so I started to go forward. And he's, you know, I just kept feeling like, go forward, go fast, but don't take your eyes off the rear view mirror. Hmm. Because I'm looking behind me and I'm trying to go forward. Yeah. It doesn't work. Can't do it. And it's it. like, I just got paralyzed in my, in my heart and my, my body. And I just, fear came all over me. Sure. And I just slammed on my brakes because I knew I was going to crash. Sure. And exactly right at that moment, I felt the Lord tell me, he goes, if you keep looking behind you, you're going to crash. That's He right. goes, the rearview mirror is such a small mirror because it's a glimpse of where you've been. It's not where you're going. That's Baby, right. he goes, use where you've come from as to help other people, but don't stay there. You are amazing. You have been created yeah. as a masterpiece. You are my child. You're my daughter. I, you know, I may be adopted. I don't know anything about my birth parents, Yes, but I'm his child. That's I right. His, and I even put that on my doctor's things. You know, when they say, you know, family history, I said, I'm God's baby. <laughs> I you know? love that. That's and they right. Just, they giggle at me and they're like, okay. You know, <laughs> I said, yep. I well, got, because yeah. you don't know because your real parents' names are not even on your birth certificate. No. no. So you really don't know. I, I don't mean, your, know. Identi- your identity is 100% in Christ. Yes. Well, I do know now. I well, don't you know, know now, the but father, but I knew who my birth mother was. But, you know, I'm his. He created well, that's me. Right. He loves me. I'm his child. That's right, 100%. And he saved your life over and over and over again. That's amazing. For such a time as this. That's right. That's right. And your story is so relevant. No matter what people are going through, there's, your story is always so relevant to bring, to bring people hope. Well, you, you have been gifted with an ability to speak and to preach. And you're preaching sermons all around the world and yes. sharing your story and just, just preaching the gospel. So the Word of God, the Bible, that little Bible that your mom gave you, that has become living. And that's what, that's what the Bible is. It is the Word of God, and it is, it is living, and it is alive. It and is. His Word is alive and active in you, and you're able to just share that Word and to give people hope. As a preacher now, so it, yes. does, did your father live long enough, your your adopted dad, the rancher in, in Lubbock, did he live long enough to see what God did in your life? Uh, he did, and uh, he never really wanted to talk to me because he didn't want to be a part of that church thing or right, that God he's thing. An atheist, and sure. so um, I forgave him, and that was the biggest thing that anybody can ever do is you got to, I had to forgive yes. so that I could be set free. That's right. And so uh, my dad just kept on with his life and I did mine. I stayed kind of in contact, but not really because he was still very abusive. But two weeks before my father passed away, he fell on his knees and he asked Jesus into his heart. Oh my gosh. I just got chills. I just got chills. Because I prayed for him every day to receive Jesus because I wanted my daddy to go to heaven and I wanted him to know the love that I had, but I couldn't tell him. My brother couldn't talk to him. It was a worker that worked for him that said, Pete, you need to know Jesus before you die, buddy. You're fixing to die. And my dad got on his knees and he said, forgive me. I never knew. Wow. He just didn't know. He didn't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And you didn't know either. I didn't. And my mom later told me the things that had happened to him and why he was so mean. Oh, my goodness. 
Did your did your mom live long enough to see that? Oh yeah, my mom. Yes, she did. She, she was got so proud to see, of me, she and she so got to me. see Jesus uh, change your dad's heart, take she that did. heart of stone, yes. and turn it into a heart that could could receive love. Yes. Wow, what a powerful God testimony. God is so good. Stick with me. I will be right back with Paula Abbott after the break. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Her Show. And we'll be back. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godly, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. Wilfred Brimley for Loafing Dog. Uh, I'm Wilfred Brimley for Loafing Dog. You know when I get the hankering for a hot dog, I go to Cleveland, Texas. Just a couple blocks off the square, they got Loafing Dog. They got the Neely Dog, the Mary Sunshine Dog, the Casey Dog, and the Shirley Dog. Why, they even got the Pacer Dog, the Brooklyn Dog, and the Jim Dog. Can't forget the Shane Dog, or the Joy Dog, and the Monty Dog. I like that fool. The Nakia Dog and the Braxton Dog round things off. Why, they even got a kid's menu, too. Loafing Dog, 208 East Chamber Street, Cleburne, Texas. Lunch, catering, or takeout, plus outdoor seating. Phone number is 817-556-1040. This is Wilford Brimley. And don't forget, Loafing Dog won't give you diabetes. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1581. Fast Tracks. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Student loans can get your student loans out of default. Stop any wage garnishments. Stop collection calls. And stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800 709 4395 At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at romicadesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at romicadesigns.com or visit us on the web at romicadesigns.com. Out of date carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the floor store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the floor store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the floor store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleburne, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give them a call today at 817-641-9444. The floor store, they got you covered. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Welcome back to The Her Show. That's Home Experience Radio with your host, Trina Tadis Lozano, pastoral counselor and ordained Christian minister. She's here to give you advice and answer your questions about life, love, and other mysteries. Call our studio line now at 817-637-2585. Now, here's Trina. Joko Community Radio is proud to be the voice of Johnson County, Texas, and is live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. To listen, go to tuneinjoko.com and download the free app. All of our shows can also be found on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and Spreaker. So check out our lineup and more on jococommunityradio.com. That's Joko, stands for Johnson County, jococommunityradio.com. Thanks for tuning in. This episode and more brought to you by Next Level Claims, making your insurance work for you. So reach out to your Texas sales rep, Nona Reed, at 844-839-4245. That's Nona Reed at 844-TEXT.HAIL. And uh, she will be happy to help you out. So I'm here today with my friend Paula Abbott, and she is here to give us hope. Wave hi to our Facebook friends. She's here to give us hope and to share her her story of, of meeting Jesus as her personal savior. And so we're going to spend the next hour talking about recovery because even whenever you recover, she's she's having her anniversary celebration of being recovered from addiction, a, a an extreme 13-year 
addiction, meth addiction and alcohol addiction. And it was pretty much my whole life because I was addicted, you know, to anything and everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. Yeah. You can have addiction to needing uh, needing approval and approval yes. addiction. Oh, my gosh. oh yes. yes. Oh yes. That's and probably one of the most dangerous. Yes. You know. Yes. How about cigarettes? Was that ever an addiction for no. you? Never, never wanted did to. That. My mama did your, enough for everybody. Your mom was a smoker, and you uh, just decided you didn't want to do that. I hated it. I don't like being around it. I'm just like I'm never going. I never smoked a cigarette. Praise the Lord. Something yes. you didn't have to be delivered from. No, I didn't have to be delivered from it. You know. But you know, I think I think the approval. You know, just stop. That's right. People's approval. Well, because then, because then you're that that will lead you into really sexual addiction yes. and and an addiction even to abusive relationships because you're always trying. If I could just do, it's like you believe your abuser whenever they're telling you, if you would just do this, then I wouldn't do that. Right. Exactly. It, yeah. And so you just keep trying, it and you will. It will never ever. Teenage girls have this. Approval addiction. That's right. So bad. Yes. Because, you know, they, they, they seek approval from their friends. They seek approval from other people. And they will do things to receive that approval. And if they don't, okay, Facebook. I love Facebook. It's a great platform. <laughs> I, I use it all the time to get the word out, to talk about Jesus. But that right there, if you are not secure in who you are in Christ, oh, yeah. it can destroy oh, you. Oh, yeah. Social media of every kind can yeah. just destroy you. If because, you don't get a thumbs because up. Because you yeah, are like, you are comparing yourself to other people and and even even in the midlife time period especially people who are recovering from divorce recovering from abusive relationships it's like they're looking for the next fix of of right. a of a better relationship or right. approval somewhere uh, with exactly with and just like well go when you took a picture of us yeah. I'm like oh my god you look so much prettier than me I'm like you're like I'll edit it and I you know and I'm like okay cool and then I started thinking you know what that's what happens a lot of times we edit out the things we don't that's like that's right that's right you and know? I will and I'm so not- go ahead and leave the scars and leave the wrinkles okay, I'm good with go. it I'll but you know it. It, the thing is is that we want to edit our lives to be perfect yeah and, and it's not a thing yeah. it's not a Thing it's not a at thing at all. It is not a thing. In fact, I was standing at the grocery store this morning, and in line at, on the cover of a People magazine was a formal supermodel, supermodel, and she's she was a supermodel twenty years ago, and she's in her midlife time, uh, like we are, you know. And and she was talking about all of her plastic surgeries that went wrong, and how that just really was destructive oh, wow. in her life. And you know, I'm so grateful that I did not. Uh, and I will not ever go down that path of looking for perfection through plastic surgery. It is so, it's so terrible. And it is, it becomes an addiction. It is. People an are looking for an addiction of a fix of, of their imperfections. And you know what? As we age, as we age, I was born in 1965. You're a few years older. You were born in 61. And as we age, I, we just need to embrace it, you know, and embrace the wisdom and embrace, embrace this time of, of letting the wrinkles and all the yeah. things. Well, I, you you know, there is, you know, I'm going to tell myself, I do have Botox for my migraines because I have migraines and Botox works great for migraines. Didn't if anybody has that. migraines, Didn't it really does. Okay. It's amazing. But there was a few times that I said, hey, could you just come down here a little bit? Just put a little bit right here, right here. You know, so I mean, but as long as it's not something that that controls your life, if it's, you know, you've got to be perfect, you've got to look a right way. Well, it's never going to happen. It's, it's never not. Going, it's, it's never not. going to just happen. Just be who God created you to be. Love who you are. Be confident in who you are and yeah. walk on. And, and don't compare. Comparison is a thief of joy. Exactly. It, it really does. It really does drag you down. So after all that you have been through, I mean, severe rejection, severe <clears throat> abuse, 
severe pain and and even all of the experiences that went with partying and doing drugs and drinking and this and being in the sex industry all of these things you cry out to Jesus you get connected with with the man that became your husband mm. you begin going to church but how do you recover from the emotional pain and the wounds and the scar I'm the scars I mean there's just so much pain the pain of losing your three children yes and and even how, like God forgives you, but then forgiving yourself and the recovery. Tell the listeners about this process. It, it is probably one of the hardest things, and I think the hardest thing was for me to do is to forgive myself. Yes, but you know, is when I started telling my story and I started sharing. Mm. Um, the Lord showed me. He goes, pour out a. God speaks to me in so many different ways, and I'm sure He does with everybody. But to pour out a puzzle and to set a piece aside. And then put the oh. puzzle together and to look at the beautiful picture that's on the box. And that's what you're looking for. And, you, you know, that's your life. And we're putting the puzzle together. And then we have one piece that's left out. Yeah. That piece is ugly. It's misshaped. It's an ugly color. It doesn't look like it would fit in anywhere. Right. But if it's left out then you're not complete. So right. I use everything in my life. I'm very open, very transparent. Every piece. I need to I need to get this out to people so they know that I'm a real person, that I that I that I've gone through things, that I've been through hell and back. That's right. And God loves me and I'm amazing. You know, I've uh, I've tell a lot of people that you can verbally abuse yourself. Oh, isn't that the truth? We can look in Especially the mirror. Especially when you've grown up with abuse. Yes. And the devil's a liar and he will just take this. You know, I didn't grow up with abuse. I have the, I couldn't have a more opposite story than you. I, I did but not But you grow, have a story. Oh, I have a story and I have a redemption story as well. But here's the thing. I didn't grow up with abuse, but the devil is such a liar. He will take the smallest thing and just tell you the same lie, which is that you are unloved, yes. you're, you're insignificant, yes. you're worthless, and no matter what you do, it's not good enough. Yes. And so I would still hear these same things in myself, and I... And and we have to recognize. I, I would verbally abuse myself as yes. well. And even we all do it. it we all us. do it, mm-hmm. and not forgive myself even of small mistakes. You know, right. you know. And and there's there's small mistakes that I made that have caused division. Oh my god! How can you do that? I can't believe you did that again. How, right. You know, it's like, and you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're right. like. I don't like this. I don't like that. And you're so ugly. You're or terrible. I was so stupid. How yes. could I have done that? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? So I had to change the way I spoke to myself. That's right. You know what? If, if I don't let anybody else abuse me, why do I let myself abuse me? Right. You know, I mean, there's got to be a place to where you're like, okay, you can't do this anymore. Stop. And so, yeah. like I said, I went to Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. I tell everybody that is struggling with self-confidence to go and read these two chapters yeah. because it's so encouraging. Who am I in Christ? Right. And so what I did is I pulled out who I am. I am sealed. I'm sealed. I am his child. I have a promise. You know, I mean, he died for me. You know, I, I am yes. a loved. And, you know, so I started writing these out and then I read these to myself. Yeah. And I said, Paula, you are. Paula, you are. Paula, he loves you. Your identity. And, yeah. and your identity before in I, him. Before I realized it, I loved who I was. Wow. And in every piece of your every story. Every piece. And I never leave not one piece out. You want to know my story? I'll tell you my story. I'm not going to leave it out. Because every piece of my story makes me who I am today. And when I get up in the mornings, 
I'm a devil kicker. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I move mountains and I am going to take today and I'm not going to let him steal not one more second away from me. That's right. And so I have to encourage myself. I have to know who I am in Christ. And and I, I know every, every ugly piece, it goes in. It reminds me of John 10, 10, that the Satan comes to, to steal. steal, kill and destroy. Yes. And it's like, it's like, it's like you were so close to to being dead so many times yes. and so close to being destroyed so many times for years. But at the end of that scripture is, but God comes to give you life. life. In abundance. Abundant life. Overflowing life. And, and you can see that your identity in Christ, you are chosen by God. You're adopted by God. Yes. You're a child of God. You're born again. You've been adopted into the family of God. I have a family. You have a family. You're, My daddy is awesome. That's right. Yes. That's right. He's the creator of the universe. And yes. you have an understanding of that. Yes. So that was the first piece of the puzzle to help you begin to forgive yourself. Yes, yes. And I know that you are in relationship with your children now. I am. And you and you have grandchildren. I do. Oh, my gosh. I love my grandkids, you know. And the thing about going through the forgiveness is I had to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I yeah. had to receive it. A lot of people say the prayer, but they never receive the forgiveness that he gives us. I had to forgive myself. And then I had to ask for forgiveness. And it goes like wow, this. yeah. I'm sorry. I have no excuse for what I have done. Will you forgive me? I love that. You know, I don't make excuses. I don't try to tell them I did this because I was done this way. You know what? No, I made choices. I own it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That's really powerful because you could say my dad abused me. I, I, I was rejected. I, did I was this because I was rejected over and over and over again. You know, from from this from my mother, from the next woman that yes. took me, then from the next person that just left me. And then, you know, you could have these excuses. You could say, my dad was mean to me for my whole life. You know, your father raped me continually for years. You know, the, I mean, you could have excuses, but for you to apologize to your kids and say, I have, n I'm sorry, I was wrong. I have no excuse. Please forgive me. That's yes. such, those are such powerful words. And then they have the process, too. Yes, of be course. Because you're giving them this gift of your apology, but then they would have to receive And then that. you need to allow them to take the time that they need. One of, my, one of my sons needed to take a little bit extra time, and I give him that time. I don't push him. I'm not all over him. Yeah. I just tell him I love him. I'm here. I think you're amazing. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And I give him that time. My daughter, you know, her and I talk a lot. We're, we're, she's, I mean, we're just, I love her. My, my middle son, he and I are so very close and he is, there's a whole nother story because I got him when he was 10, his father passed away. I was still on drugs and wow. I drug him into hell. I was out stripping, using, selling my body and I put him in a hotel room and I left him there. Wow. And for me to go to him and say, I am so sorry. As a 10-year-old. You know, yeah. And I am like, I am so sorry. But wow. then when my husband came into our lives, it changed. And that son started using. Mm. And I thought that I could fix him. Mm. And this is where God told me, he said, Paula, don't fix what only I can fix. Wow. And so I had to back off and let God deal with my son. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. 
That's amazing because other because now you're looking from a completely different perspective. So so you your son and you feel so responsible for how your addiction affected him. Yes, and then yes. now he's using, you feel so responsible, you want to fix it. But if you're trying to fix it, all you're doing is really enabling him. Exactly. And I just, you know, I felt the Lord tell me, he says, Paula, you can't fix what only I can fix. Yeah. And when somebody is in addiction like this, they have to fall. They have to hit bottom. Yeah. You have to let them fall. And being a mother, I think that's the hardest thing to do. And knowing where they're at, what they're feeling. And you're like, I can do this. I can fix him. I can help him. And so the Lord told me to turn my back and to tell him I can't be there for you. And he fell so hard. And But when he fell, he reached up for Jesus. Wow. My son right now is is has been clean for, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, I'm quite a few years. He is a husband to a beautiful lady. They have three children. Wow. He's got a, an amazing home, amazing job. And, and he's, te- he's told me many times, mom, thank you. Thank you thank for you. letting me experience thank you my for own. letting me fall. Yeah. My own consequences yeah. and my own choices. And yeah. I am so proud of him. I'm so proud of all of my kids. And I have, I, I love being a Mimi. Oh, my goodness. I, I even know. have children in my life that God has given to me. Yeah. And uh, I love them just like I have given birth to them. And uh, I just, grandchild after grandchild, I just love them. I just, my, I had Rody, my one of my grandboys, call me the other day. And he's like, hey, Grandma Paula, what you doing? I'm like, I'm just sitting here. And he says, okay, well, I'm just going to stay here too. And, oh, that's so cute. And we really didn't talk on the phone. He just had me on the phone. And oh, my son cute. goes, who are you talking to? He goes, Grandma Paula. And I said, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just amazing. That's so because precious. If, if I'd have known that grandkids were so awesome, I think I would have tried to do that first because <laughs> they fulfill your life where they you didn't do. think your life could be they fulfilled. They do. I know. My grandchildren, too. They just, they bless me so much. My 11 grandchildren and number 12 on the way. I can't wait. Uh, but children are such a blessing. But it's such a blessing whenever we're clean and sober and we and can enjoy them. We can really enjoy them and really invest in their lives. I mean, how great for you to have this second chance in your life to experience child the beauty of childhood and be able to nurture them in a way that you couldn't even when your own children it's amazing what a gift from god to have this second chance like this well god tells us that he'll he'll restore everything and even more that's right you know so everything that satan took from him from me yeah god has restored it in even more more than i can even imagine i have the life that i've always dreamt of the life that i've always wanted i i love my husband is amazing he is He's the love of my life, and uh, we've been married 23 years this year, and uh, we co-pastor together. Um, He is so amazing. He is my best friend. I can tell him everything. Sure. I mean, he is everything that I have ever prayed for, and only because God sent him. And he's been on this journey with you. Yes. Since the very beginning. Yes. I mean, that's just so cool. That he's been there since the he very... He knows me. He and he knows, knows the you. real me. And oh, he yeah. knows who I was. Oh, yeah. And he loves me anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and we don't hide anything. And listen, hiding things 
is not a good thing. Oh, open we're, up. we're as sick open. as our secrets. That's, yes, that's exactly. That, that is so true. I mean, vulnerability is the key to connection. We are just as sick as our secrets and we just cannot yes. allow allow that deception. It's and really when just I, deception. Yeah, when I'm falling and I feel depressed, I say, hey, I say, I want to talk. He's like, all right, let's talk. You know, I mean, he's my best friend. Oh, yeah. And, and we need that in our lives. And it's because I'm open with him. I'm honest with him and I don't hide anything. Do you think it's beneficial for people to go through any sort of a recovery program? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I didn't because I didn't know one existed back then. Okay. But uh, we actually have one in our church. It's Life Recovery. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, they have the Life Recovery Bible out. They have the Life Recovery Study. It's a 12-step program. And, um, you know, I had an interview with the, uh, with the author, Steve, uh, that created that. And, you know, like I told him, it says, I went through pretty much all of the steps just biblically, just getting into the Bible, yeah. digging into it, finding out what I needed to do. And I did all of the steps, not even realizing that I did the steps, but they're so very important yes. to have accountability, to be able to open up, to be able to talk, to be able to know that you're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. And to to know that you can do this, and to hear testimonies that's right of people that have been through it. So yes, I really agree with them. If they are Christ centered, if they are not, then I love yeah. I love twelve step recovery programs that yes. are Christ centered. I, I yes. recommend them to people all the time. Absolutely, I yes. think it's so important. And and you know what? Even if you feel like you already are recovered, you can still be involved and go through it. Even if you can sort of just check. Check the, say, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did that. You're still available to help other people. I am still in recovery. Yeah. You know, and I mean, this is not something that you can just do 12 steps and then you're fine, you're good, and you go on. I'm still in recovery. It's like there are times where I have to make amends still. You know, I do something, I have to go make amends. That 12-step book, I keep all the time on my desk. And if I am needing to go back in and read a step to go in it, I still work my recovery every single day. I don't get tempted. I don't go to places that could tempt me. I I don't, you know, when I go into a restaurant, I don't sit at the bar. I don't do things that I know because, you know, temptation is real and Satan uses it every day. I don't care if you've been saved for 50 something years. That's right. He's still out there. Evil is still around. That's right. And we have have to be on guard. The trap is there at all times. And and he's he's just a liar. He's a liar. Yeah. You know, to, to tell you, oh, this one drink isn't going to make a difference. Exactly. You've exactly. been, I can't you've been drink. clean and sober now, for drinking's so many not years. A sin, but I can't drink. If you drink to excess and it and it steals from your life, you know, that that's where it gets into a sin. I I can't I can't even do one because I know what it'll do. To well, me. it's not it's not recommended for anybody who's, right, exactly. who's had addiction in their past. Exactly. Anybody who's had addiction in their past. It's, it's recommended that there is abstinence, like total abstinence. And the scripture right. warns it'll bite you like a snake. Yeah, sure. You know, I yes. mean, who's going to who's who wants to be bit by a snake? No. Nobody. So, I mean, I avoid I avoid alcohol, too. And uh, I even though I was never an addict and addiction wasn't in my in my history, I don't want to be bit. Right. And so I avoid it and and I never ever go to a bar. Ever. Mm-mm. Never. I don't want I don't like the spirit. I don't like the feeling. Mm. I don't like the atmosphere. So I I protect my the atmosphere. I do too. And I mean if you can't protect you, you know, the world's going to get you. So 
does your self-image line up with God's image of you? I think you should ask yourself, listeners today, who am I? Do I understand my value in the Lord? Genesis 127 says, I accept God's word that I was created in his image. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So I have to accept myself as acceptable to Christ. I accept that I cannot change anything about myself, but God can change me. I accept the fact that I will make mistakes. I can accept criticism. I can accept responsibility for failure. I can accept the fact that I will not be liked by everyone. I can accept unchangeable circumstances in my life. And I can be content with whatever circumstances I face. Yes. But accept yourself. Stop striving for perfection, trying to look like someone else or be like someone else, realize that the Lord has made you, has made you. I'm talking to you. God has made you on purpose for a purpose. He designed your personality, gave you the gifts and abilities that you need in order to accomplish his purpose for you. Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a human, in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose, it will prevail. We, we need to understand no matter what plans you have, you have to know God's purpose will prevail in your life. Trust him even beyond your own mistakes. Trust him even beyond your own pain. Trust him. He's got a plan. And uh, let go. You know, we cannot be a victim and victorious at the same time. We've got to let go of that victim mentality to be victorious. And I know the Lord has taught you a lot about that because you're an overcomer. Instead of being overcome by your life's traumas and your life's circumstance, you are an overcomer. Yes. And and now your children are overcomers. Yes. Because your sin made other people's sin made you a victim. And then your sin made them victims, but you're an overcomer, they're an overcomer, and now this is your legacy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, and you were reading uh, about the plans of God, you know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven That's is right. my favorite verse. I know the plans that I have for you, they're of good. They're not of evil. And you know, and God knew me. The moment that I was born, and he had yeah. a plan for me. Yes. And the moment that I surrendered to him, whew, man, it's like all of those plans started unfolding, and I walked them out. I know who I am. And, you know, not every day is perfect, but I have to get up every morning and say, let your will be done in my life. I want your will, not my will. And if I turn the wrong corner, catch me, show me, lead yeah. me out. And, you know, uh, it, the Bible also tells us that he's not going to save us from the craziness of the world, but he will always give us a way out. That's right. If we look for it, he will always give us a way out because he has a plan. That's right. And he walks us through. I love Psalm 23. He walks us through the valley of shadow, shadow of, of death. death. Yes. And so it's it's there is no emergency exits. I mean, there is suffering in this life. We yes. are all victims of Absolutely. something. Yes. And, and. And so even though I didn't have a childhood like you, I was a victim of, of my husband's adultery. I was a victim of, of him lying and cheating and, and leaving and abandoning our, our children. And praise God, the Lord got a hold of his heart and brought him back home oh, and, wow. and restored our marriage. But if I would stay in that victim mentality, I would have never been victorious over that situation. And if I, if I didn't forgive him, then I know the scripture says I couldn't be forgiven myself. And there's no emergency exit doors. I mean, God walks us through whatever we have to go through, whatever suffering. He will walk us through the valley of shadow of death. And, um, 
And we don't have to fear evil. Evil is all around us, boy. Sometimes we we sense it so tremendously. And but yeah, we sense the presence of God that is that is walking us through the fire. Amen. And and we're not burned. Just Amen. like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's right. You know, I love that Bible story. He didn't take them out of it. He did He went in it with them. That's right. He went in the fire with yes. them, but they didn't yes. get burned. It did not consume them. That's and right. that is the miracle of their story, and that's the miracle of your story. That that you were in the fire of so many he walked circumstances. with me. He was with you and he brought you out. And just like those, those three men, you don't even smell like smoke. You know, you Amen. don't even smell like smoke. I don't. You, you're recovered. And, and even though you're recovered and recovering, I love the scripture that, that Jesus says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You know, the yes. death is not the end of the story, no. but the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, once you knew him, you could you could fellowship in his suffering and you could also rejoice with the resurrection power. That's right. And I can't, I'm so excited that you get to spend eternity in heaven with your dad. I know. I can't wait to get up there and say, you made it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just, you know, everybody says I'm going to be like one of those balloon things that are in a used car. I would be up, I'm going to be, I'm, You're I don't gonna know. You're going to be dancing. I'm going to jump on Jesus God. and I ain't going to let him go. It's going to be awesome. Wow. God is so good. I'm just overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Stick with me. We will be right back after the break. I'm Trina, and I'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson, Cleburne, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. Abnormal realities. I love uh, Mama. Yep. She sent me a message. My uh, mom did? Yeah, Wednesday night, and she invited me over tomorrow night to watch Titanic and share a bowl of popcorn. And I accepted. You did? Yep. That'd be fun. And she calls it Chaps Only Night. <laughs> Every Saturday night. Look. Miss Dixie? Look. How I, you doing? He said, it's my mom, bro. All right? It's my mom. Look. I want to hear the answer to the Titanic and popcorn. Go ahead, Mom. What's up? Boys. Hi, I just mom. wanted to ask Brocky if he wanted uh, butter on that popcorn or not. Um, oh I would God. rather have the butter somewhere else, but if popcorn's the only place I can have it, I'll take it. <laughs> 
right, Mom. That is love my you. girl. I love, love you, Mom. Dixie. Abnormal realities. Bye, Mom. Love <laughs> you. Dixie. Bye. Love you, too. With Ron and Rocky. Weekdays, 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Joe Co. Community Radio. Holy crap. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm, it sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day, or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson. 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web, sharpwindowtint.com. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Welcome back to the Her Show. I'm Trina, and I'm here with you every Monday afternoon at Joko Community Radio. And so please continue to plan your schedule to join me. And if you'd like to call in, you're always welcome to call in. I'm happy to talk to you live on air, 817-637-2585. Feel free to call in and join the conversation. I'm here with Paula Abbott, my friend, telling a story about uh, her life. And it's just amazing because as sisters in Christ, there's just that automatic connection because we both can rejoice in what our Heavenly Father has brought us through and what he continues to teach us and show us. And it's just amazing because God is so good all the time, no matter what, all the time, no matter what. And we can live in this contentment of love and joy and peace. And it doesn't matter what you've been through. There is hope for you, no matter what lifestyle you are into, no matter what what destructive habits you have been been that have taken hold of your life, there is hope for you. Cry out to Jesus. And you may even find a cowboy church near you and That's go right. go to it. And there if you you're go. anywhere near Terrell, uh, Come on, Texas, stop, by. stop by her cowboy church and you can go to her website, paulaabbottministries.com. And one of her three books, I'm sure, would be an interest to you and you can learn more details and learn more about hope in Jesus. So I would like to talk to you about the sex industry and being rescued out of this and how how God helped you recover from this. I work with women that are that are have been uh, rescued from from situations where they were trafficked and so it's been a privilege for me to be able to work with women to to heal from the pain of of working in the sex industry. And my daughter is actually in Costa Rica right now. She's flying to Costa Rica and she is she is um, a designer and a decorator and she has been commissioned to do this project to, to equip a safe house that rescues women wow. from sex trafficking. So a shout out to Brooke who's there right Yay, now and who's, job, who's blind. And she said to pray that she gets through customs with all the things that she has, her and her, I think she said seven suitcases oh, full wow. of everything that she needs, supplies right. that she needs to set up the safe house. So in Jesus name, help her get through customs. Yes, yes. But I just want to say uh, to someone who has been on the other side of it, it is so dark. It is so evil. It is so painful, and um, and you're you're redeemed. You're set free. You're so beautiful, and you just you don't you don't carry the pain of that part of your past. So speak to the women today that need hope, uh, who have who have this as part of their story. It is it is probably it's so hard. 
it is so hard um, because I knew that when I when I was in it, the only way that I could get my drugs was to sell my body. Yeah, uh, I was in the strip clubs because you could go into a strip club and you could make so much money in just a few hours. Yeah, but what it did is it 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 was so degrading. It yeah. was I just felt yucked. You know, by the time I left there, I had felt used. I felt gross. Yeah. I felt like, you know, because they're not there because they love you. They're not there because, you know, they, they want to have a relationship with no, you. You're feeding their sexual addiction. Exactly. You're feeding their exactly. addiction. And, yeah. you know, and, and I just, I would, I would cover up with a blanket just as hard as I could. And I would just, I didn't want to uncover because I was so ashamed. I, I felt horrible. I hated it. But then I, I needed the money. And that's the fastest way that I knew to get money. And then there were places where I was, I was uh, working in their bar that I would have to sleep with the owner of the bar for me to even get into the bar. And oh, I would lay there and I would so cry. Disgusting. And uh, this went on for so many years. And it was and there were places where I was gang banged, you know, where, oh. where they would sell me to a group of people. Oh, and, you know, I have nightmares about that. Even still today, you know, um, I have forgiven myself first. And I, I had to let that go. But still... I have issues and my husband, I thank God every day for my husband. He's so patient. You know, there's, there's moments to, you know, where I, I have to, you know, I don't want to undress him in front of him. And, you know, um, he is just, he's so very patient. So there's things that I still work through, you know, wow. um, wow. you know, because, uh, I, I'm, I used my body for the wrong thing. And it's so hard to know that your body was created by God, you know, for your husband. And, yeah. um, but it's, you know, it's, it's probably very, very tough to, to let that go and to not feel that, that, you know, that you're, that you're gross or that you've done well, bad and to things. Be, to be a victim of rape from the age of 16 or 17. What was it? 16. From the age of 16. Okay, I was right. To be, to be used and abused for decades by so many men. Yes. I mean, it's so traumatizing. Yes. You know, and I, it just, it, your story of recovery from these decades of abuse. And then to think that you can recover and have a beautiful marriage and be married to a man that is kind and patient and loving. Because obviously you have a sexual relationship with your husband. Of course, yeah. of course you do. But yet that that's it's even... It's completely different. It's completely different. But that that's even possible yes. after so many decades of abuse. Because like the drugs and alcohol, like you say, you know, you you get to be completely abstinent, abstinent. You know, you just leave it. It's not part of your life anymore. You never touch drugs or alcohol. Right, right. You never this go, is something that's You never go to a bar. Yeah. You never never go to a strip club again so you just get to leave it but having sex with a man you don't just don't get to leave because you're remarried because you're married right so right. that i could just imagine the pain of of trying to do that without it just opening that wound over again the one thing that i can say to anybody is that the one thing that i had to do is i had to forgive myself and i had to look at myself that it was not my fault. Yeah. And, and I didn't stay a victim. Yeah. Because if you stay a victim, then everybody around you is going to be victimized. Yeah. You're, you, you are going to tear everybody else up because, you know, it's, um, 
you get into an empty place. Yes. And um, like um, our worship pastor the other day, she's the pastor of our women's ministry, Pastor Carrie Wheat. She's absolutely incredible. But I'm going to use this uh, as an illustration because it's so good. It's like, you know, they moved out into the country and they never had propane before. And, you know, they <laughs> they uh, they turned their, their heater on. And then after a few weeks, you know, all of a sudden they, they don't have heat. In the, and they're like, what happened? You know, and their tank was empty. Yes. And she said that it, it costs so much money to fill that tank up once it was empty. Mm, wow. There, and, you go. And, there you go. And she made this illustration that when we get empty and we get to a place that we're just completely empty, it is so expensive to get filled back up. So don't let yourself get to a place to where you're empty. But whenever you uh, have to pay to get filled back up and you have to pay to get to a place, it's very expensive and it normally affects everybody around you. Absolutely. You'll bleed on people who didn't yes, hurt you. Exactly. You'll and bleed on people who didn't you know, hurt you. You can't let yourself get to the empty part. You've got to refill a little at a time. Just keep Stay getting refueled. refueled. And yes. that was such a profound word I just told her I'm like oh my god I'm gonna use that everywhere I go because it's so it's something that we can tangibly look at feel and say oh I get it I get it well that's right and you know even when we talk about stress management I mean you can think about our vehicles and we know it is so expensive to fill our car with gas I was admiring your vehicle earlier to fill it up it was it's so expensive and it is so stressful when we get on empty. Yes. You know, it's like, uh, can I make it two more miles? Or, oh my goodness, I'm almost on empty and I'm out in the middle of the country. I don't even know where the next gas station is. It's so stressful. And it's like, why did I let myself get get on empty? Why didn't I? It wouldn't have cost me any more to just keep it a on full. Bit, a That's little right. bit. That's right. To a just little keep bit. it. Yes. To, you know, when I get to the halfway mark, refill instead of letting it go all the way to yes, empty. It's so and expensive it when you try is. to refill. It is. It costs so much. So, you know, there's a word for all of our listeners to say, refuel yourself, refuel, refuel by spending time with God, refuel with worship music, refuel by reading inspirational books and even listening to inspirational radio and podcasts and, and things like this, because as you refuel, it gives you hope and you can just continue to, to move and live and have your being because you're, because you're, because you're on full. You're not, you're not operating on empty and there's not the stress of that and it's no fun getting to the empty mark it oh really my isn't goodness. you know it's, you get down there it's painful and you hurt you you hurt other people yeah. you get grumpy you get depressed yes. you get loneliness it gets dark I mean yeah. so many things happen when you get empty and we can't allow ourselves to get to that place that's right. we just have to little by little every day just just let ourselves know that we're good. Refuel. You are your best friend. Get into that mirror and tell yourself that you are amazing, that you are God's gift, that That's you right. are his child. And, you know, speak to yourself. That's encourage right. yourself. That's inspire right. yourself. You can't rely on other people to do this. Yeah. You've got to do it yourself. Give yourself a high five. I love me. Yeah. Woo. Give yourself a high five. You love you. That That is and right. And it's not a haughty love. It's not like being proud for her. You know but what? But you are confident That's in who right. you are. It's confidence in who God's made you yes. to be. It's confidence in who you are. You can give yourself a high five and say, I'm the best version of myself today. And I'm going yes. to be. And I, it's okay if I make a mistake. I'll get back up and I'll go again. You know? You know, there's a proverb that says, a righteous man may fall seven times 
times, but they will always get, get up, up again. You know, you don't quit. You get up again and That's again right. and again and again. And you learn from it. That's right. And you learn from it. Like I was telling you a while ago, we're, we're doing a Bible study. Our women's ministry is doing a Bible study yeah. called Elijah. If you have not done it, you need to do it. It's by is that Priscilla, Priscilla Shire. Shire. Oh, yeah, I, I did it last year. It was so good. Oh my gosh. But she talks so about the deserted Shout out places. To Priscilla. I love you, Priscilla. Oh, girl. Amazing. But you get out to this this desert place, like yeah. like Elijah had to go out for 18 months by a brook that was dried up. That's right. With no provision. And he had to learn how to trust God before he could call fire down from heaven, before he could outrun That's chariots. Right. You have to learn to trust God. And sometimes we have to take the road less traveled. Sometimes That's we have to right. be in that place to trust God. That's right. Yes. Uh, Psalm 42, 5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why disturb within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So when you're down, ask yourself, why am I down? Where's my hope? I need to put my hope in Christ. Yes. Just like you did that very first day. Yes. You know, when you cried out to him, do that again. You know, and, yeah. and then because yes. we're no good to anyone else. Mm -mm. I that's the airplane principle. You know, put the oxygen on yourself first. I know, you know right? you, got, you gotta live first. Okay, so you're a preacher. Tell uh, tell us what a sermon Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details is that would just inspire us to have our hope in the Lord. And what, what's one of your favorite sermons that, you, that you've been preaching lately? Oh, my goodness. I have done so many. Um, I, I co-pastor with my husband, so I do preach from time to time there. And then I travel all over. I do women's conferences, sure. I think. But uh, the one that I love the most is called Boat Rides with Jesus. And, you know, it's like we I get in that, that boat and we think everything's going to be great. But then a storm comes up and we're like, okay, I'm with you. Why is a storm coming up? I don't get it. You know, I would be like the disciples freaking out, screaming, like, are you yeah, just yeah. going to let us the die The boat here? is filling up with water yeah, and like, we're going to sink and you're sleeping. What's going on here? But, you know, the, the greatest thing about it is when Peter was at the shore and he had been fishing all night, Jesus gets into his boat. Yes. And Jesus gets into our mess. That's right. Peter wasn't perfect. He did yeah. things wrong, but... Jesus chose him. That's right. He stepped into his mess and he created a miracle. Yeah. And, you know, when we get in the boat with Jesus, it's not always going to be smooth sailing. Pretty much, I would say 90% of the time. Hey, storm, storms come. We're going to be in a storm. That's but right. But we have got to learn to trust him because he's in our boat. He's in there with us. That's right. He loves us. He loves our mess. 
And and I we're just, not alone. And the ugh. world the world is messy. The world is messy. And we can see the past two years with this pandemic that things are messy. And 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 now with inflation the way that it is. I just bought groceries that was not even Ugh. a big list. I'm serious. It was not even a big list. And I was just a Kroger. My bill was $255. Yes. And you walked out with five bags. I was shocked. Yes. I was I was literally, I could not believe it. Okay, I bought some Oscar Mayer turkey lunch meat. It was $6. That is bizarre to me. Bacon is $11 for a small little pack. You've got it's insane. Yes. It is insane. But and I, I, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know what? He has promised. He is our provider. Yes. In, he will in, never leave us. In every situation. Mm-hmm. So it does not matter how much things cost. And I tell you, I am praying for our friends in Ukraine. I mean, yes. we are so blessed to at least be be able to uh, not worry about a bomb hitting us today. And I have friends in Ukraine that pastor a church and people that came to church and they didn't leave because they, they didn't want to go out and they didn't even know if they could make it to a bomb shelter or make a home. So they just, all of a sudden, they this church has is full of people. Where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And sometimes when you're in a chaos mess like that, these people know that if they can be with other believers, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, and they know that it's And there's protection. And there's protection. And there's peace. Even in the midst of of the war, of this war, they have peace. And so they've just gathered together in this church. And this church is... It is packed. packed with mattresses and everything. So we're sending food and money. Yes. And if any, if anybody wants to donate, please reach out to me, and I will be happy yes, to we are doing to connect yes. you to their their cash app, so you can send the money directly to this pastor to to help feed all these people. But but you know, it Jesus is there. He's there. All just like you did when you were overdosing. He heard your cry. He was there. He says, He was there. And, and what is it? Psalms 91. He says, When you cry out to me, I hear you. Yeah. You know, and, and we just have to know that if we cry out to him, he hears us. So, so cry out to him. He's your father. He's there. He's right there. And he wants to be at your aid, no matter where you are. I have a few scriptures here. Uh, Job eleven eighteen. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and you will take your rest in safety. So no matter what situation you're in today, if you are recovering from any amount of trauma, if you're in the middle of trauma, if you are in the middle of a war, no matter where you are, cry out to Jesus to be your safety. Titus 3, 5 through 7 says, He saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us Mm. generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Amen. The hope of eternal life. That that is a game changer. Hope is a big thing. It's a game changer. Yeah. And think of of how many times throughout your life you were hopeless, starting from the age of seven years old. Yes. 
so hopeless that you... I had no future. I had nothing to to plan for. I had no hope whatsoever. And I just want to tell you today that if you are in a place to where you, you don't think your life is where you need to be, or you have no hope, you have nothing to look forward to, get on your knees and just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to, to give you that hope, to give you that life. Because I today... That's oh my right. gosh, I dance with him. I, I am I love life. I am so thankful that I get up every morning, my yeah. eyeballs open, and I have breath. And the first thing that I say is, good morning, Lord, and thank you for this day. Thank you for this day. I mean, because look at how many years that you lived with no hope. Oh, I am so thankful for every day that I have now. And and I plan, I, I don't plan on dying anytime soon. I'm going to keep on going. Oh I'm my goodness. You. Yes. And sharing your story and yes. spreading the hope to others. That is just, it's so powerful. Every day I wake up and say, God, help me fit into your plan today. I don't know what his plan is, but I know it's good. And I know he's it may be good. a little hard. It might and be hard, but like it'll be it, good. It'll be good. But it'll turn out good. And you know, I always say, if it's not good, it's not the end of the story. It's just not good yet. But hold go. on to hope. The power of yet. It's not good yet, but it's not the end of the story. So hold on to hope. And some things take time. I mean, recovery from many things takes time. Yes. And the thing is, is that you have to be the one that wants it. That's right. Nobody can do this for you. That's right. I I had to be the one that wanted it. I had to be the one that was done. I had (sighs) to be the one that hit bottom. And I was done with the way I was. I was done with my circumstances. I was done with the pain. And it has to be you. Nobody can pray you into this. Nobody can... I mean, we can pray for each other, sure, but it has to be you. You're the one that has to make the decision. Nobody else can do it but you. I always say, you know, the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. No, that's true. But I always say, but you can salt their tongue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I try to do that. If I know, if I see someone who's really in a hopeless situation, like, like girls that, that are uh, in the strip clubs that are, yes. that are working as yes. dancers and are, are, are trying to get enough money just for their next drug. And I, I mean, I salt their tongues, you know, and I tell yes. them, you know, if you want, if you want to get out, here's my number. Give me a call. Mm-hmm. If you want a different life, here's my number. Give me a call. Here's an invitation to dinner. Here's a gas card. If you yes, need a way, awesome. drive to me. Yes. Let me have help you and to me that's salting their tongue i can't get them to do it but if they want to they know where to go and you know a lot and and a lot of the strippers you know they some of them yes are on drugs and some of them yes are doing it for the drugs but some of them are doing it because that's all they can do to support their family and they're they're put into it and that's the only thing they think they can do and let me tell you something that's not all you can do there's so much more that you can do yes and reach out i will i i will connect you with with uh with a way to get into a yes. different industry. Yes, maybe you're not on drugs. Maybe you're not doing it for the drugs. Maybe you're doing it because you think that's all you have. Maybe that's, that's right. the only way you can make money to feed your children. There are other ways. I promise you there are other ways. There are other ways. And God has a plan. God yes. has a plan. He is an anchor. In Christ, we have an anchor. And that secures us through every storm. His holding power is without question. And he holds us secure in his arms. I love that you felt the security of Jesus, even in that bed. Yes. When you're when you should have been dead. I felt after like overdose. somebody had sat right next to me. And I felt like it was like a father that I've always wanted. And I just felt like I had been hugged 
and loved for the very first time. I felt peace like I've never felt before. I knew that I was going to live. I knew I wasn't going to die. And immediately within a few minutes, I went off to sleep and having a meth attack, you don't go to sleep. You don't go to sleep. Your heart explodes. That's what happens. Wow. And And he just put me into a deep sleep. I slept. I woke up. And you woke up okay. I woke like, up okay. That it that is such a miracle. That is just mind blowing. But I didn't recover that day. I had to work it out. I had to work the recovery. I had to pray. I had to seek. I had to ask. I had to do everything I could to not want to do the drug. It took about a month before I was finally completely done with the drugs. And, you know, it's like he kept being there for me. I kept talking to him. He kept helping me. And that's something that people think, if I just receive Jesus, all this will be gone. you got to well, work know, it. That, that's actually some people's story, but, but it's rare. That but is rare. Very rare. You have I, to work my, it. That's what happened to my father-in-law. He, just like that, he was saved. What had happened was he had been hallucinating. And, it, it, and he just... He fell his knee to his knees. He cries out to Jesus. He came home and he never had another craving for wow. for alcohol or cigarettes. Wow! Uh, again, now his delivery wasn't from meth; it was just from alcohol and cigarettes. Right. But he never had a craving again. My grandfather had had an instant deliverance from swearing. Oh wow, that's but, awesome! But uh, he had to work. To, you have to, to work be it. delivered yes. from his cigarettes. You have to work it. And so he's to. had both yes. experiences. He had this instant delivery, and then he had the having to work it out. He said, oh, the cigarettes, God showed me that that I needed to want this bad enough, that I wanted Jesus worse than I wanted cigarettes. But and you know what? God will always give you a way. He will he always will. put people in your life that are there at that moment. For such a time as this, mm. he has placed people in your life. So... Grab that, onto it. That's amazing. Yes, grab onto it. Whether it is rape recovery, uh, addiction recovery, sex addiction recovery, abuse recovery, whatever kind of recovery you need in your life, uh, Paula's story will touch it. So go to paulaabbottministries.com, take a look at her books, order it, be inspired by by the story because she shares the details and the details of walking through recovery. And I know that you'll be inspired. So Paula Abbott ministries.com. And uh, I know you'll be inspired. I'm inspired. And I just think it's amazing how the Lord has taken you. And the scripture talks about, and you can expand on this, where he takes ashes and he makes something beautiful, beautiful out of ashes. I mean, what can you do with ashes? I lived in Washington State during the time of Mount St. Helens oh, wow. blowing. And when Mount St. Helens blew, ashes wow. covered the state. And we were close enough to the mountain that in an instant like this, the mountain blew, there was ashes everywhere. And it, it, it was like it was snowing and even as if it was deep snow, but it was ashes. There's nothing wow. you could do with it. You couldn't wash them away. You couldn't shovel them away. You couldn't vacuum them up. I mean, there was nothing you could do with these ashes. They would just keep flying. It, I mean, it, it get was... Get your lungs it, and everything. Oh, yeah. get ruin your cars, ruin everything. It was... Talk about a disaster. And so when you think about ashes, they are good for nothing. Right. Truly good for nothing. 
But Jesus says, I can make something beautiful from mm. your ashes. Yes. I mean, I'm looking at you today. See, I mean, you're, you're, you just radiate, you know, your, your presence, your eyes, your, uh, everything about you just radiates. I mean, you're just light and, and you're such, you're just so radiant. And to think that God has made something so beautiful out of the ashes of your life is just so miraculous. Thank you. What has he, what has he shown you just in the last few seconds about, about making something beautiful from ashes. You know, he takes a broken and he makes it beautiful. And he uses every broken piece. He doesn't leave anything out. And everything that we have gone through makes us who we are today. And he can make a masterpiece out of something that's so broken. And that was me. And I am so thankful for what he has done in my life. I want to share it with the world because he can do it for you as well. There's a Chinese art form where they take broken pottery that's shattered, they add gold dust into the glue, and then they glue it back together, and it's this beautiful pottery with gold sprinkled through it. So that's what we see uh, ourselves as, as God does that to us. Thank you for joining me today on The Her Show. Thank God you bless for having you. me. I'll be back next week. Hugs and high five. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio.